This is Matt. And this is Amy. And we're inviting you into this discussion about the challenges, joys, and life lessons that come with marriage and parenting. Join us for the ride of a lifetime. Let's go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad you decided to join us again. Hey, hey. Today we want to discuss the idea of keeping the spark alive in your marriage. This is not a relationship that you should uh, just endure. It should grow. It should become uh, deeper and more and more beautiful as the years go on. So the simple reality is that there are many, many situations that do come up in life that can bring damage to this relationship. It is our belief that the hardest times in life, the hardest situations that you encounter, whether they're financial hardships, health hardships, emotional, physical, those situations can either solidify a marriage or they can break a marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's going to depend on how you respond to the situation and to your spouse during those times that's either going to strengthen your marriage to be something that's fortified and more beautiful as you get older, or it's going to crumble and you're going to go your separate ways. So we want to talk about a few of those situations, life situations that we've encountered. And one of them was really early on, uh, within the first two years of our marriage. As we mentioned before, we had a baby nine months after we were married. And at the time... We were not using any birth control at all, and that was kind of our mindset at the time, being we were very young. and um, Let's tell them how young we were. I was 19 when you got pregnant. I mean, we were 19 when we got married, and you were 20. 21, yeah. So, tw 21? Mm -hmm. um, when Nadine was born, I was 20 and you were 22. Yeah. And so things were going through your mind, Amy, um, yeah. about... Pregnancy, babies, and how in the world am I? Yeah, I was, survive? I mean, I was 21 when she was born. So I did the math and I thought, if the first time we have sex, I get pregnant every time, we're going to have a million children. <laughs> and that scared me a lot because I just, yeah, I didn't know, I really didn't know a whole lot. You know, after our daughter was born, I was terrified to have sex again, like terrified. And, you know, it was past the six weeks or so that they, you know, recommend that you abstain. And um, I was not ready in any shape or form. And time kept ticking. And we went three months without having sex. This is our first year of marriage. We were approaching our first year anniversary when things kind of came to a head and Matt approached me and was like, I'm dying. <laughs> I think that's a really important point is developing the ability to have open conversation. Because I was even afraid to tell him I was afraid. Yeah. Because I couldn't really understand what was going on mentally for myself. So there's, there's a lot of yeah. emotional trauma right. going on in your mind. Right. 
fears, anxieties. Yeah, because you essentially, we essentially went from honeymoon stage to newborn stage. And then, but you're still in the first year of marriage where like, I'm still like head over heels for this guy, but I don't want him to touch me. <laughs> so, in that way. so it was a really, really hard time. And then we had this really very valuable conversation where you just told me that we needed to do this together and figure it out and couldn't keep going on this way. I think early on, um, we had a number of conversations, a few conversations, two or three stand out in my mind that I said to you, you have to tell me what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. I cannot read your mind. <laughs> and I think the foundation of open conversation is trust. Yeah. So you have to know that I trust you and you trust me. And that if you tell me something that I am not really going to want to hear, like, I don't want to hear that you're afraid to have sex with me. Mm -hmm. That's not affirming. That's not nice to hear, but I want you to tell me. Yeah. And so building that trust that you can tell me anything mm -hmm. and I'm going to listen mm -hmm. and work through it with you. That is a foundational principle to have in a marriage, to be able to work through these difficult life situations. Yeah. Obviously we had sex again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But it was only three months later when I got pregnant again and with baby number, with two. Baby number two. So this is really where I started learning about um, natural family planning. And because I never felt at peace about using birth control. I've never been on birth control. And I'm really grateful for that because I do think it would have really wreaked havoc on my body in other ways. But that's a whole other topic. With when I got pregnant again, I had a lot of peace about it, even though it was like, wow, this is so soon. Um, but then I started bleeding pretty quickly. Pretty yeah. And I thought I was having a miscarriage, um, but I, I didn't. And so basically for the six months, seven months that I carried him, I had off and on bleeding the entire pregnancy. And that was a whole nother kind of thing we had to work through because again, we weren't able to have sex. I remember at one of the appointments, the doctor said you guys really should not have intercourse because it could cause a premature labor and the babies would never survive if you went into labor. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so there was about a six month period yeah. um, where we did not have intercourse but I think the difference between post-delivery baby one and like that where you were afraid to have sex mm -hmm. and pre-delivery baby two where medically it was not safe for you to have sex mm -hmm. was the emotional connection was different. Very different. Because in situation one, fear is causing you to hide something from me. Mm -hmm. In situation two, we're both completely transparent with each other. Yeah. And I was, I think actually situation one probably helped us get through situation two. Yeah, I, I think so too. We learned how to do other things to 
delight each other. And that I don't think that would have come necessarily if we yeah. hadn't gone through that hardship, so to speak. Yeah. So. And that was a good growing point for me mm-hmm. to take care of my wife. Mm-hmm. Little did I know how much she would take care of me in the coming years. <laughs> it's really a small thing in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, we do joke around about how on our vows, you know, we talk about in sickness or in health. And we're like, are you sure it wasn't in sickness or in sickness? <laughs> we were at a crossroads, I would say. I feel like each of these things put us at a crossroads and we always have a choice how you're going to let this affect you or, you know, like you said, crumble you or yeah. grow you. Yeah. And um, that is a choice. And it's so important that you nurture your relationship outside of these crisis moments mm-hmm. um, because it's like trying to buy, buy a shovel the morning of the snowstorm. You go to the store and, the, and they're gone, right? You did not prepare. So you have to nurture this relationship having that foundation of trust. You have to invest in this relationship so that when the storm comes, you can withstand the storm. Yeah. And so as you were saying, the, the, uh, one of the next major situations was the autoimmune di- uh, diagnosis for me. Yeah. Which early on put me on a year or two or three, I don't really remember, of all different kinds of medication and surgeries and financial hardships. And one of the things I was joking around with Amy was like, how did you stay in love with this emotionally unstable and unhealthy looking man, which was me at the time, (laughs) Uh, because I did gain a lot of weight when I was on um, really high doses of prednisone. And, and there are also mental and emotional side effects where I was, Mm -hmm. sometimes I really was kind of mentally unstable. I was forgetful, um, emotional highs and lows. You cry. I, we kind of joked around that it was like a swapped role. Like I was, super weepy when I was pregnant and then you kind of became super weepy. And I think that's one of the things that we found humor in, in these things. Like we had to just laugh about things. And this has kind of been a theme throughout our marriage. Like, like when you're ready to break, you just have to start laughing. And although that came later, I would say, because when you were in the depths of, really hard medicine there was a season for sure that i actually couldn't even joke around with you because you would cry and it almost sounds crazy to say that out loud because you are a completely different person now than you were then sometimes it was like walking on eggshells or i think it's funny but i think he'll cry if i say this (laughs) focusing on my flaws so let's talk about that for a minute because my, you know, the situation where you were bleeding with pregnancy number two was about six months. My really struggling with the autoimmune disease was a few years. And that kind of took on the identity of our family mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. People would always ask, whenever they saw us, how's Matt? How's Matt? Mm-hmm. And how one person asks a question about with a spouse that has a chronic illness and you can easily feel overshadowed. Yeah. Like the identity of our family is Matt's health. Mm-hmm. And 
that's all anyone ever asks about. That's mm-hmm. all anyone ever talks about. And Amy's just this like add on attachment. Yeah. 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 Did you experience that? Uh, yes, for sure. That feeling of feeling lonely and overshadowed. Um, it was there, but I had a choice whether I let that completely dictate my behavior, my attitude. You know, we always have a choice as to how we're going to allow whatever struggle we're going through to dictate how we act and or react to that situation. And so I, you know, like everybody else had this choice to take this loneliness, take this feel these feelings that were real, they're real feelings. But what was even more real was the strength and the grace and the ability that God gave me day by day just to love you no matter what you're going through. I mean, that is, I I believe that that is like a gift from God to be able to go through something, whether it's supporting your wife through labor or whether it's supporting your husband through a really rough patch, you are given the grace and the strength you need in that moment, not before. It's there when you need it. And I needed it big time and God gave it to me. And so I think that when we put our trust in him and when we lean on him, he will always provide what we need. And that's just been proven over and over and over for us. Would you say that you are thankful for those years? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it has made me so grateful for breath, literally, because, you know, for those who don't know, the thing that was taken from you the most was your breath. And so when God has restored that, and maybe it's different now than it was, those are called scars, and they will always be there. But the scars are what remind us of the strength that we had during that time and God's goodness during that time. And so that always, I'm, I'm so grateful for that because, you know, we're told in the Bible to remember, 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 remember. It's all over the place. We're We're not supposed to forget. And why, why aren't we supposed to forget? Because if we forget, well, number one, we'll have to redo that whole thing again because right. we forgot. <laughs> um, but also when we remember, it, it brings us worship, you know? We worship yeah. God because of That's how really he good. brought us through that. I, I'm very thankful for the sickness that I have endured. I'm very thankful for the emotional, physical and financial hardship that we have endured because it has taken us personally and as a, in our marriage, like each of us individually and together to levels of personal development as far as our relationship with each other, our relationship with God, and just our growth as a person to levels 
and depths we would never have been able to experience through any other means. So the way you view adversity is going to have a direct impact on how you respond to adversity. If you think that God is trying to punish you or he's out to get you, or if you approach these situations with bitterness and anger, then of course it's going to crumble you and or the relationships you're involved in. Mm. But when you can see God at work in the midst of these situations and you can see the strength and experience the strength that he gives. And sometimes it is literally just enough to take the single next step that you can see. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But you just keep taking that step and you have to continue to choose to do that together in your marriage. So I want to go over ways that you can strengthen your marriage, things that we have learned that are really, really important to do on a regular basis. So keeping the spark alive in your marriage, there are a number of other things that are really important to develop so that your marriage can be a a relationship of celebration and not of obligation. Hmm. You don't want your marriage to be like, I have to, I have to, I have to. It should be, I get to, I get to, I get to. I, I have the opportunity to do this. It should be something that's full of joy. Of course, have you, as you know, we just talked about struggle, so there are hard times. When we talk about keeping the spark alive in your marriage, people automatically think sex or the bedroom, whatever. And of course, that's a part of it, but that is something that you really is the result of other foundational things that you're doing regularly on a daily basis that lead up to that. Mm-hmm. So... One of the things you need to do is develop your thought life outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. How do you think about your spouse? Yeah. Do you harbor? Do bitter? you think about? Do her? You? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not with hatred and anger. Yeah. Um, do you admire them mm-hmm. as a person? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to have enjoyable sex with someone you don't like. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't work. You have to appreciate this person. You have to think about them with gratitude, mm-hmm. with admiration. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have, you know, read the Song of Solomon, how the man and the woman, you get an insight into their thoughts as well as how they spoke about each other. Their language reveals how they thought about each other. You are beautiful, my darling. You are handsome, mm-hmm. right? So, You have to consciously and intentionally develop those thoughts. How you think about your spouse really matters. Another important component to your personal development and the development of your marriage is investing in yourself and supporting your spouse to invest in themselves. So just your development as a person, whether it's your professional development, things that you enjoy doing that you want to get better at, that the husband and wife are supporting each other in those things. I remember the, when I was, I'm still into aromatherapy, but I remember when I really wanted to learn more about it and you were super supportive of me signing up to 
get a certification. I did those classes and it was just awesome, you know, and yeah. I never felt like it was dumb or, um, cause we hear couples like, Oh, he's out doing his thing again, or she's, yeah. you know, like it's a, it's a there's bitterness. There. Yeah. Bitterness. Yeah. It's like, I'm not asking you to join me in my aromatherapy class. Just right. you delighting in me delighting in it was amazing, you know, and right. vice versa. And things that you enjoy doing, I wouldn't like to do it with you. And that's right. okay. You know, I don't want to go to jujitsu with you and right now. Maybe I will in a couple of years. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm happy for you to get beat up, you right. know. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> and that builds mutual respect and gratitude like i'm grateful that you support me mm -hmm. in the things that i want to do like you're expressing value towards me yeah when you support me in that mm -hmm. and so that's going to build the, the reciprocal expression from me is appreciation of you yeah so these things build on each other mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to for a marriage to grow if the individuals don't want to grow mm -hmm. right so you both have to want to grow in life yeah. for this relationship to really grow. Yeah. So as you support your spouse in, you know, various interests or their personal growth, you gain an appreciation for them as a person. And that's going to, again, build in your thought life towards them that as you're thinking about them, you think about them with affection. Mm -hmm. And when you think about them with affection, the transition into a good sex life is going to be a lot more natural and not mm -hmm. feel forced. And Yeah. And I think it also really matters what you say about them to other people. Absolutely. Because that's, that's an expression of your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. When you speak poorly of your spouse to your friends or your parents, that is, yeah, that is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You have to also invest in your marriage financially Date nights and um, overnight getaways are extremely important. They are a bit of an inconvenience, right? It's an interruption mm -hmm. in your work schedule. It's, you know, you have to find a place for the kids if you have children. And it's an expense. But that is a part of developing this relationship so that it can be something that's beautiful and enjoyable and you have time away from all the other obligations of life just to enjoy this person. Mm -hmm. Whether it's sitting at a dinner table, sitting at a coffee shop, or sitting on a beach in the Caribbean, whatever, all of the above at some point, hopefully, <laughs> those, those are essential. Like that should be non-negotiable. Yeah. Too many, you know, the children should not rule the home. They will live one day, they will grow up, move out, and it'll be just you and your spouse. So don't. Don't wait till then to get to know each other. Exactly. Exactly. Men, uh, men have the tendency to be very task oriented. And then once the task is complete, they set it aside. They check the box, cross it off and move on to the next thing. So when they're dating, the task is get the girl. Once they get the girl, the tendency is to move on to other things. Not that they don't appreciate the girl, but the same energy and effort they put into getting the girl fades away. Mm -hmm. So men, you have to be creative. You have to be thoughtful. You need to continue to bring the energy 
and creativity and thoughtfulness that it took to get the girl to keep the girl. You have to study her. What are her likes? What are her dislikes? What makes her laugh? Uh, what does she enjoy? And creatively bring that interaction regularly into the relationship. Women, you need to adore your husband. If you adore a man and it's obvious to him that you adore him, he will do just about anything for you. <laughs> Men are really simple. We are not complicated. An adoring wife will be well taken care of. I just wanted to read um, a few verses from Song of Solomon. The Admiration of the Bride is the title. It says, My beloved is dazzling, outstanding among 10,000. His head is like gold, pure gold. His locks are like clusters of dates. His eyes are like doves. His cheeks are like a bed of balsam. His hands are rods of gold. His abdomen is carved ivory. Look, even if it's not, just make it up. Just say it, okay? <laughs> just make it up. Use beautiful words to talk about it. His legs are pillars of alabaster. His mouth is full of sweetness. If you talk to your man like that, he, he will take care of you. And it's a, it's a matter, it's a, starts with the mindset that when these storms come, you have to make a choice because mm -hmm. it's going to get ugly sometimes. It's going to get rough. It's going to get hard. And yes, you can bail. You can leave. But it doesn't matter where you go. There's going to be another storm. So you better figure out how to weather the storm or you're going to be running for the rest of your life. It's much better, if at all possible, to figure out with this person that you made a covenant with how to weather that storm together. It can be done, and uh, we hope you make that choice. So thank you so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. See you later, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit subscribe and leave a review so others can find us. We appreciate you. 